Welcome to How to Catholic with Kevin and Lisa Cotter, a podcast dedicated to helping you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence. It's time for our fourth and final installment of our discernment series. And today on the podcast, I interviewed the incredible Father Josh Johnson on how to discern whether or not you might be called to the priesthood. On this episode, we discuss Father Josh's vocation story and look at three steps for focusing on what matters most in the discernment process. And I have a hack that's just right for the month of June. So let's get started. Welcome to another episode of How to Catholic. We are finishing out our four-part series on discernment. We've done how to discernment for matrimony, then with religious life, consecrated virginity, and then I am finishing off our series by looking at discernment for the priesthood. I'm so excited today. We have our guest father, Josh Johnson. He's a priest for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. He's a pastor of Our Lady of the Holy Rosary. He's an author and presenter with Ascension Press. I'm so excited to have him with us today. Father Josh, how's it going, man? What's up, my brother? Uh, it's, it's going so well. I, uh, the Lord is awesome. It's going really well right now. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. Love the, you know, I, this is all about, you know, how do we discern the priesthood? i uh, love to hear more just about you and also more just uh, about your whole process. I know every story is unique. Every vocational uh, story has its own twists and turns and love just to hear more about yours. Yes, certainly. I, um, I guess my story is a bit interesting because I left the Catholic church hmm. uh, whenever I perceived the call to be a priest. I, um, I, I grew up um, going to mass with my family, but I, there were, there were a number of things that were going on. Um, I didn't understand what worship was all about. I did not understand the sacraments what mass was all about. And, and so I eventually strayed away from the church and um, eventually encountered Jesus in non-denominational Christian communities. And so I started going to Baptist churches and non-denoms, evangelical churches. I did that for a number of years. And my senior year in high school, uh, a good friend of mine who there was something special about this girl, like she was a Catholic but she was a Catholic who was on fire for Jesus. And mm. I'd never seen that before. And she invited me to go to Steubenville South um, oh, wow. in Alexandria, Louisiana. And and I was like, what? Steubenville? That's the weirdest name ever. And and when she invited me to go to this conference, I told her I would love to go. And I had no I, no intention of going to a Catholic conference. But I, uh, I ended up going. And on Saturday night, June 26, 2004, at 8 o'clock p.m. during mm-hmm. Eucharistic Adoration with Bishop Sam Jacobs following Paul George's presentation, wow. um, I experienced the love of Jesus in a very profound way um, in the Eucharist. It was like the apostles when they encountered Christ in the breaking of the bread. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd been looking for God. I was searching for God. And, and, I, and I even looked for God in the wrong places like sin, but also in just all these different communities. And and even when I was with those different communities and growing and Bible studies and fellowship and stuff like that, I knew something was missing, but I didn't know what. And whenever I was face to face with the Eucharist, the bishop, Bishop Sam came and processed right in front of me. 
whenever I was face to face with Jesus Christ in the Eucharist, I was able to perceive his true presence in the blessed sacrament. This really is the body, blessed on divinity of Jesus. Oh. And this is the, this is the love I've been looking for. This is the love I've been longing for. Mm. I've been searching for, and he's right here in front of me. And so I, I was on my knees and I began to cry and I just asked the Lord, I said, what is your will for me? Mm. And the first words I perceived from God in prayer um, were, I love you. Uh, and, and here I was, uh, this kid in, in mortal sin. I mean, I had not been in confession in years. I, I had not properly repented of what I'd done. And his first words to me in prayer were, I love you. They weren't, Josh, I used to love you before you began to live this <laughs> life of sin. Or, Josh, I'm going to love you in 30 minutes after you go to confession. Like He just said, I love you. Like I yeah. see you, I know you, and I love you. And I guess all of us long for unconditional love. And so when I, pre- when I perceived unconditional love from God, I knew I wanted to be in an intentional relationship with Jesus, specifically in the sacrament the Blessed Sacrament, the Eucharist. Mm. And after that encounter with him and his love, his divine love, I, I perceived, again, the Lord just say, be my priest. Um, as an invitation, not as a command. Yeah. Um, as, a, as a proposal, he didn't impose the, the, the vocation on me, but I perceived and proposed to me to be a priest. And I said, no, uh, because I, I didn't want to be Catholic up until like, what, 10 minutes before. And so, so I definitely didn't want to be a priest. And, um, but I also knew that I, what I wanted at that moment was to be in a relationship with Jesus in the Eucharist specifically. Mm-hmm. And so when I left that retreat, I began to go to Eucharistic adoration on a daily basis. Uh, we have a few uh, perpetual adoration chapels in my diocese, and I would hit them up all the time. I would be on a date with my girlfriend. I would leave my girlfriend to go be with Jesus. I would be at work, leave work, go to be with Jesus. I would be at a party with my friends, leave early. The only place I ever found like real peace was whenever I was with Jesus Christ in Eucharistic adoration. Mm-hmm. And so after doing that for a number of years, I, went, I ended up going to Southern University after high school. Um, I... I said to the Lord, I love you so much, and I know you love me, and this thought of being a priest will not go away. And so I don't want to be a priest. I have no desire to be a priest, but I love you so much, and I think that I should at least give this a shot, right? Because you fulfill my desires, you satisfy me, you you quench my thirst, you satiate the ache I have in my heart. Like the least I can do for you, Lord, is just go to a place that's conducive to find out the mm-hmm. seminary. And, um, and I was hoping when I went to seminary that the Lord would tell me, um, I was just testing you. You can, you can go back now and, you know, get married or whatever. But, uh, but I think it was about, cause seminary formation was eight years. And so I think four years into formation, not only was I still very much in love with the Lord, but I began to desire the priesthood. I began mm-hmm. to desire the sacraments. And so, um, after that, eight, you know, after eight years of formation, I got ordained and, in 2014, May 31st, my anniversary is is a few days away, wow. and um, five year anniversary, and uh, and it's been the most beautiful gift I've ever received from God. Outside of you know, being baptized, being saved, right there, right, yeah, <laughs> and 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 being forgiven in the confessional and receiving Eucharist, and yeah, pretty much, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love, boy, I think, I don't know if you can ever hear of people's stories enough. You know, just conversion stories, discernment stories, just to, you know, just to know how real God is and what he asks of us. And I think 
what stood out to me from your stories, and we'll go through like discernment. I'm sure some of it will relate to your story or just like jump off the page from your story. But I think those moments where you know God's calling you to do something that's very contrary to what you want, like that, it's like that yeah. has to be of God. Like how how can I want to do something I don't want to do? Like only right. only God can put that on my heart. And even to see Him over time make that your desire, what yeah. just such a beautiful thing. You know, there was a song in the early 1990s. I don't know if you remember this song or not, um, but it was it was by a kid. And I was a kid when the song came out. Mm. Uh, his name was Sammy, and it was called The Crazy Things I Do for Love. Mm. Um, and and I always just think about that song when I think about vocations. Whenever we're in love, we'll do anything for the one we love. You know, we will yeah. go anywhere for the one we love. Like whenever you fell in love with Lisa, she was like, hey, look, we really should be in Canada. You would say, like, if I'm with you, I will go there because I'm with you. And so yeah. when I think about Mother Teresa, she went, she left home when she was 18 years old and she ended up in Calcutta. She never saw her mom or dad again. or yeah. She never saw her, her, her sister again. She never saw her family. When she left home, she never saw them again, but she was in love with Jesus. Mm. And it was it was this relationship with, with her bridegroom that drew her to do something that was was really crazy. And then again, whenever she was a sister of Laredo in the convent, she did something crazy again, and she left the convent and went in the slums of Calcutta because yeah. she was going to be with Jesus. Wherever he called her, she would go. And so um, it's necessary to fall in love. There's a great quote from Father Pedro Rupe. Um, he was mm. the superior of the Jesuits way back in the day. Yeah, yeah. And um, and he says, fall in love, stay in love, and love will decide everything. Yeah. And so, so the goal for any of our whether it's a state of life vocation to priesthood, religious life, consecrated virginity, our, our marriage, or if it's just the, the universal vocation to becoming a saint, the goal is to just fall madly in love mm. uh, with the Lord. And, and it will be a beautiful journey wherever, wherever you go in your walk toward eternity. Yeah. Well, that's a good, good place to, to dive in here. Um, as we're moving from your story, which is so dynamic to, all right, if I find myself in the situation where you know, I'm discerning the priesthood. I'm, you know, not me, of course, but someone out there listening and trying to think through, all right, priesthood, what's this all about? Like, how do I take the right steps to discernment? How do I know? I think that's what I thought a lot about in college after I really had that love and came back to the Catholic faith. Like, how do I know I'm doing this thing right? You know, I think a lot of times when we have that love, we want to live this out. We think, boy, just, I don't want to mess it up. Like, am I, am I doing the right things? Am I checking the right boxes? Am I, you know, there's this, can be certain anxiety. So I, I'd love just to hear some of the steps you could walk us through. So, you know, for the folks out there who are really discerning, really thinking this through, you just give them some guidance. So maybe uh, yeah. you can start off with uh, step number one here. Yeah, I mean, I think the first step is is just cultivating that relationship with the Lord, hmm. uh, a, a real intentional and consistent relationship with Jesus with the Father, with the Spirit, and prayer to really begin to abide. And you know, in, this, in the gospel this past Sunday, the Lord Jesus Christ tells us that the Father will come and dwell with us. So not only are we temples of the Holy Spirit, but the, literally the Father comes to dwell with us. Mm. He says, abide in me, remain in me. And so um, I always propose the, the foundation for discerning any vocation, but specifically, you know, with, with regards to the priesthood, is to be intentional with Christ every single day in prayer. Mm. Um, to ha have a rule of life, something not extreme, but something to where we can daily abide with Christ, not only when we're working and when we're playing and when we're studying and whatever, but ab abide in Him in a time that's set apart for He and I alone. Mm. Um, because we got to get to know His voice um, so that we can um, listen to Him 
invite us and say, come follow me. And the way that we get to know his voice is, first of all, is through scripture, right? If, if we don't know scripture, St. Jerome says ignorance of scripture, ignorance, ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. And Christ wants for us to be able to hear his voice so that we can do his will in our walk with him. And so I always encourage guys who are um, interested in the priesthood, um, who, who are open to it, to, to cultivate the spirit, the interior life. Um, and to not do it alone, right? Get a spiritual director. Ask a priest or ask someone in your diocese who's someone who can accompany me as a spiritual director um, as I'm trying to, to really grow in my relationship with Jesus. Because we want whatever our vocation is, we want the fruit of our vocation to flow from that living, loving relationship with God um, in and through us to other people. And so the very first step is, is come up with a, a real good prayer life. And, and I always like to propose five steps. It's, it's the five W's. Um, look on your calendar every Sunday and say, when am I going to pray? Hmm. Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday and Saturday. Um, I always propose the morning because the morning is the, the, the most uninterrupted time of the day. Uh, you can pray any time of the day. Certainly God, Jesus Christ, and Scripture prayed at night, all throughout the night. He, he prayed all the time. But I find for us fallen human beings, because we're not perfect, it's sometimes difficult to pray in the afternoon after we've had drama or after we've had a car accident mm-hmm. or after we've had a heavy exam or, or gotten a phone call. It's hard to focus on Jesus and not focus on the, the event, focus on Christ and not navel gaze on ourselves. And so I typically propose try to wake up 15 to 30 minutes early and give that time when to Jesus whenever you wake up 30 minutes early. Um, the second W is where. Where can I do this at? It doesn't have to be an adoration chapel. It can be. It doesn't have to be a church. It can be. It could be your bedroom. It could be a living room, your kitchen, your front porch. Um, just a place that is conducive for you and the Lord to have time together. Uh, and then when, where, what is the next W. What am I going to do during this time? If it's the morning, I say the first thing you should do is pour some coffee. Uh, because <laughs> even for Sheen said, like, we all need coffee, right? Um, uh, <laughs> if, if, if you're like me, I'm... I was introduced to candles like very recently in my life. And so now I'm really into like the scent when I pray. So I get like this frankincense candle or um, some of my parishioners have given me some other stuff, like some smoke dispensers that have nice scent to it. So it's like, gives you like a holy scent. I, I saw um, on Instagram, Leah Darrow said there's uh chrism scented stop, candles. Stop, yeah, stop, yeah, stop. Real. Dude, I baptized the baby yesterday <laughs> and I, I didn't wash my hands afterwards because I wanted to smell the chrism. That's right. It's so good. Um, so, yeah, so get the smell, get the coffee, get my Bible, my rosary. Um, and what am I going to do? Am I going to do Lexio Divina? Am I going to mm-hmm. pray a decade of the rosary? Am I going to listen to some praise and worship music and then spend time in silence with God talking about what spoke to my heart during that, that time with the Lord? Um, am I going to adore the Eucharist? Like, what am I going to do during this time of prayer? Um, while I'm sipping my coffee and smelling this candle or this scent, whatever it might be. Um, who's going to hold me accountable? Again, no no person is an island. Specifically, no man is an island when it comes to discerning the priesthood. And so we need accountability partners to keep us accountable to our relationship with Christ um, so that we can keep ourselves open to hearing his voice invite us to, um, potentially invite us to this gift of a priesthood. And, um, and then finally, after we get an accountability partner who can check on us three days a week, email, text, phone call, coffee, whatever. Um, why? You have to come up with the reason why we do what we do. If we don't know why we're doing something, we're probably not going to com- complete it. We're not going to um, persevere in it. And so mm. uh, we need to each come up with our own reason. Why am I intentionally choosing to spend this much time with Jesus in prayer? Nice. And from love prayer flow, flows everything else. Yeah. I love the quote, you know, rules without relationship equals <laughs> rebellion, you know? Yes. And, uh, Yes. And you have that relationship, you know, that I think a vocation, whether it's whatever the, the vocation is, whether it's 
marriage, whether it's priesthood, you know, consecrated virginity, uh, just universal call to holiness, when you don't have that relationship, all those other things seem like a drag, you know? Yeah, um, and, and, yeah. and it's everything, everything becomes foggy, even as a pastor now. Yeah. Like, whenever I get yeah. really busy, like, and there are days, like, I was talking to someone the other day, I had to go anoint somebody really late the other night. And so I had to get up, go real late at night to do, do that ministry. And so now because I'm out late at night doing ministry, which I'm supposed to do and I'm happy to do, um, I, I'm not sleeping at the normal time I'm, I'm sleeping by. So now when it's 5 o'clock hits, I don't want to get up at 5 o'clock now because I didn't get my you know, adequate sleep. And so if I choose to not get up at 5 o'clock, uh, I guarantee you my people in my parish would notice something different about me. Hmm. right? Because prayer helps me to love them well. Yeah. Prayer helps me to discern well whenever they come to me with ideas and ministry. But whenever um, I replace prayer with anything else, they will notice. Yep. Um, and, and I will notice as well because I'll be so confused. I'm like, I don't know what to do right now, God. And he's like, Josh, if you'd have just given me time, I could have filled you with my grace. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, so prayer is the foundational piece for our relationship with the Lord and discernment of priesthood. So cool. So we're talking about priestly discernments. Uh, so great to hear Father Josh's story on, on tip one, just this idea of focusing on Jesus, focus on a relationship. And we're going to pause really quickly on our, our steps here and talk about our Catholic hack. Uh, we love our Catholic hacks on how to Catholic. How do we live out our Catholic faith in just a dynamic, practical way? In June, the month of June is dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate yep. Heart of Mary. And just a quick Catholic hack is uh, this idea of enthronement of the Sacred Heart. And the Immaculate Heart in your house. And so what Lisa and I do is we, we're so blessed to have, uh, we were given pictures of Jesus and Mary, particular Sacred Heart of Jesus, Immaculate Heart of Mary, and to put those in our house. And we've always had them in our house. And um, we moved into a new house, as our listeners know, this last year. And uh, we have this spot right as you come down the stairs. And uh, Lisa and I were both just totally on board. We're like, that's where, that's where they go. Like, that's where Jesus and Mary, Sacred Heart, Immaculate Heart are going to go. And that just allows us each day to walk down the stairs and to dedicate our house, dedicate our family, dedicate our mission, dedicate everything that we do um, right there to the Sacred Heart and Immaculate Heart as well. And so uh, we'll put some links in the show notes for you, where you can get um, pictures uh, like we have. Uh, we have some wood panel pictures that are really cool. There's some old picture, old school pictures out there that are really great. And then also have a link to enthronement prayers as well, just to really in, have that enthronement to say, you know, Sacred Heart of Jesus, like, I give my whole life to you. Uh, McIntyre Mary, like, I give over everything to you. And uh, uh, I'm I'm a huge proponent of what Father Josh was saying with that daily prayer, which is so great, but um, I, I shouldn't even use the word but. It's more like and. It's great to have those moments of uh, just dedication where you can just stop and a simple image, simple picture allows you to just say, Oh, in case I forgot, like everything's yours. When I walk down the stairs mm-hmm. and it's a good day, Lord, everything's yours. When I walk downstairs and it's a bad day, Lord, everything's yours. So, um, we'll put again, those in the show notes, but that is our Catholic hack for our episode today. Cool. So let's, let's keep rolling. I loved step number one, focus on Jesus. Father Josh, want to give us step number two. Yeah, so the next step, uh, this is, again, I'm not infallible here, right? So this is just like, (laughs) (laughs) uh, right? So this isn't like the the Holy Mother Church is like, this is the, these are the steps. Um, This is just my personal opinion. Um, It's to pay attention to your desires, um, right? And I I think that our desires can be illuminated by relationships with people who are in that particular state of life vocation. And so I encourage people to 
enter into relationships, engage your pastor, engage a priest, engage seminarians who are actively discerning. Um, whenever I was at Christ the King um, LSU uh, as campus minister, every now and then I would walk with somebody and they will say something like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm discerning the priesthood. And I would say, are you really, though? Because you're dating somebody right now. Um, and you're at LSU. Like if you were discerning the priesthood, you would be at the seminary and you would not have a girlfriend, right? It's, it's pretty difficult to discern um, a state of life vocation whenever you're not placing yourself in an environment that is conducive to actually follow that path. And so I encourage it's like, people it's like to— It's you're, you're going to discern marriage and you're like, I'm not dating anybody and I'm not trying right. to. Right? Yeah. Well, 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 who's your girlfriend? Oh, we're not dating yet, but I mean, I'm, I'm discerning marriage. Like, no, you're not. Like, you got they got two to play that game, right? It's relationships. Um, I've heard that before from people, and I'm like, no, you're definitely not discerning. You want to be married one day. Um, so yeah, now nah, so I, uh, I I think that pay attention to your desires after you are in relationship with people who are in that state of life vocation. So find priests um, and ask them questions. Ask them about their day and notice in your heart does, does something happen in your imagination after the conversation can can you imagine yourself going to visit the sick at 2 a.m can you imagine yourself celebrating the sacrifice of the mass hearing confessions giving someone last rites can you imagine your, your, yourself baptizing babies i got to baptize someone recently um an elderly woman she passed away over the weekend um josephine is her name i'm gonna call her saint josephine because she was never baptized and I got the phone call to go to the hospital and I was able to give her all the sacraments. Wow. Um, and I was like, man, you, you're, you're so blessed because you're getting all the sacraments at the end of your life. Like, like you're, you're going to heaven. There, there's no <laughs> doubt about it. Um, and so can you imagine yourself doing that? And if you can't imagine yourself doing those things, um, spending that kind of time with the Lord in prayer, um, that a priest, everyone's called to, to pray and everyone's called to a profound relationship with Jesus Christ is unique. Um, but, Priests do have a privilege of having more time with the Blessed Sacrament because of our state of life vocation. Because we're priests, we get to live with the Eucharist. And so does that does that make you really happy to think about that kind of stuff? Like, I can actually live with Jesus Christ like as my roommate? Um, well, that's amazing, right? Um, when you think about celibacy, like is, is that something where it's like, I, I, I don't know if I'm called to that, but I, I think— I, you know, right now I'm living a celibate lifestyle, so it's, it's, it's definitely possible, God's grace. So— um, I always encourage people, like, just notice your desires whenever it comes to um, your relationships with people who you've encountered or even like saints. You know, like if you mm -hmm. read the lives of the saints, because some people might not have um, priests um, who are, they're very proximate to. They might not have priests in their community. There might be one priest in, in their entire town. And so and he might be really busy if he's the only priest there. So look at the lives of the saints. Look at St. John Vianney. Read his story. Read the, the life of St. John Paul the the great um, Jason Everett has that really cool book. Uh, it's called John Paul and His Five Loves, I think. Yeah, yeah, That is such a great book for discernment. Yeah. It's, oh, my gosh. He's such a stud. I mean, that dude is like, yeah, he inspires me to not settle for mediocrity. Mm -hmm. And when I do settle for mediocrity, I get my butt kicked by him because I reread <laughs> that. Or like Father Walter Chizek, is that his name? Oh, yeah, yeah Chizek, yeah. Oh, man. He, like, he leadeth me. Dude, I just I just went on, so I was on my silent retreat this past week. Yeah. And I, years ago, I read The Way of the Pilgrim, um, okay. and I read um, With God in Russia. Oh, yeah. But I never read He Leadeth Me. I thought I read that until I was on retreat, and I was like, yo, this book, oh, my gosh. Like, just the, <laughs> yeah, I mean. I read it for the first time this Lent. It's so intense. Dude, right? And so, yeah. I mean, it, for me, as a priest, it was 
man, I couldn't stop daydreaming about like ministry, you know? Mm. Um, and so, yeah, pay attention to desires after spending time um, in relationship with priest in person or priest on paper or on YouTube or whatever. I'm going to ask you a hard question, and I don't think mm-hmm. there's an easy answer, but how do you, how do you, because I love the idea of desires, and I, all, all of that totally spoke to me, but I think, uh, now I'll go back to your own story, whereas at first you didn't have that desire, right? Like yeah. if you would have said to, I don't know, 18-year-old Josh Johnson, like, is this your desire? You'd be like, no, I'm done. Like, right. I discerned, you know? How do mm-hmm. you, how do you get beyond some of what could be your false desires or really like, I think the, the the phrase that comes to me is like purifying your desires, right? Like how do I mm-hmm. know, is this just my sinful desire? Is that who God created me to be? Like, what does that look like? Do you think? Yeah. Well, man, and I think that goes back to so step one, two, and then the following step are all going to flow together. Mm-hmm. But like that goes back to step one, which is falling in love with God in prayer. And when we love God, yeah. We just we just want to make him happy. You know, Thomas Merton says, um, and it's really cool. Um, this cool prayer he wrote years ago. Obviously, he's dead now, but he said, "Like God, I don't know if I'm actually doing Your will. Like I don't I don't know, yeah, Lord. Yeah, yeah. I really don't. But like the fact that I'm I want to please You, um, I, and that I desire to do Your will, um, I, I think that that pleases Your heart, Lord. And I think mm. that means I'm on the right path." It's something like that. I, I totally just yeah. like butchered that prayer, but that's like the, yeah. the the core of the of that prayer. And so I think um, even if if I don't have the desire like I did in the beginning, I did have the prayer. I was really consistent with prayer, and I was yeah. really in love, and it kept coming up. You know, I kept thinking about the priesthood. I couldn't stop thinking about it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want it, but I also know that when you're in love, sometimes you you would do things that you're like, I personally don't want to do this, but because I love you. I'll do this. And, uh, and, of, and of course, as I began to grow and also, um, I think the sacramental graces that I received in the confessional, cause I really took advantage of the confessional. Mm. Uh, like not only do we receive forgiveness of sins, but there's sacramental graces that come with receiving the sacraments yeah. consistently. And the, the sacraments that we can receive over and over again are Eucharist and confession. And I think the more we receive the sacraments, the more we're able to, um, see things clearly, and so whenever I was in seminary formation, because of my love for the Lord, I was consistently receiving the sacraments. Hmm. Um, and, and that, I think, also opened me up to um, being able to to better perceive what God, what, what God wanted and to desire, what God wanted myself. But again, even still, the church has a role to play in this, too. And so the church, i.e. the formators, whether it's the vocation director, seminary director, or people in the seminary were to ever say, hey, look, we don't think this is a good fit in this season of your life, then then that's also God's clear voice speaking to me through them. Just like if you were dating Lisa and like, hey, <laughs> I really love you and I desire to marry you. And she's like, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Uh, you you couldn't be like, well, so what? You know, I want you. So <laughs> I can see, there, there's always like this other voice that we get to listen to. And it's the voice of God through people yeah. who are in that, in that role of walking with us. So I think it's going back to one, but then if I could jump to step three, I think yeah, that would also let's do that let's illuminate even more. And step three for me, um, is to, and I got this from an African priest, this African priest. He once said, uh, he said, you Americans, he said, you always start discernment with what's going to make me happy. <laughs> <laughs> he said, that's not how we do it in my country. That's not how we do it in my in my village. That's not how we do it with my people. He said, with my people, the way we discern is this. We say, what does my community need? What 
does my people need? And what gifts do I have? Hmm. And if I have gifts that can fulfill the needs of my people, I would do it. Hmm. And so this is the other part as well is that we have to recognize like my vocation, though it is the, the, the best path for me, my state, I say, I don't want to use the word vocation, my state of life vocation. Cause I think sometimes um, people who are not in a state of life vocation, they feel like they're being neglected if they, um, so I'll say state of life vocation, be clear. Um, because we're all called to be saints. That's our normal vocation. We're all called to be holy in the present moment. Um, but, um, yeah, so I, this is just a tangent I go off on lately because I've been hearing it's, good. it's, it's, it's been a, it's been an uh, ache in a lot of people's hearts I've been walking with. And they'd be like, Father, like, like, I'm not in a state of life. Like, so what about me? I'm like, but you are in a vocation, though, to be a saint. Hmm. Uh, you know, Dr. Dr. Giuseppe Muscati, Dr. Giuseppe Muscati, like, he was a doctor who was never married, never consecrated, hmm. never religious, never a priest, and he's a canonized saint. Hmm. Um, so he, he, you know, the, the state of life vocation is really the means to the, to the end. Um, but not everyone is going to, um, follow that means I'm going off on a tangent. I know. Yeah, yeah. I do, no, it's a I'm good one. Deep. It's a good one. I but, think it's um, a question a lot of people have. That's great. Uh, so yeah, back to it. But so we, I think it's also really important to, to say, um, Lord, like with desires, my ultimate desire should be to love and love according to Thomas Aquinas is is going out of myself for the other person, the beloved's greatest good, which is their salvation. And so even if something is, um, even if something is not attractive, but I know I can do it. And I know I have the gifts that can, can do this for my community to help people get to Jesus. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to, I should be open to that, you know? And yep. then that also goes back to prayer with spiritual direction and with being in the sacraments and, you know, paying attention to my imagination, everything like that. But, um, there, there might be times where um, I cannot, pers- the only desire I have is to love. The only mm-hmm. desire I have in the intimistic sense of the word love. Um, but I, I don't feel anything with it. It's not fun. It's not attractive. It's not exciting. But I know that there's a need. There's a need for priests. And I know that I can be celibate by God's grace. Like I've lived celibacy for a couple of years now. And, and I, I'm doing it pretty well. I know I can pray uh, by God's grace. Um, I, then even that I think um, should be a reason uh, a motivation to at least go to seminary when we go to seminary we're not saying I'm going to be a priest hmm. uh, when we go to seminary we're saying I'm going to a place to discover with the help of Holy Mother Church formators um, and a place in an environment that is conducive for me to find out if I'm called um, and so I think um I think we should also be open to looking at the, the needs of our, our, our community that God has created us in this time, in this diocese, in this place, in this area. And if I have these gifts, then I should be open to using those gifts. And, um, and, and, God's, and even if I don't, though, I want to give people the freedom. God's not going to force any state of life vocation on any one of us. Yep. He only invites and he only proposes. And so whatever we choose, he gives us freedom as long as we're like the only thing. Like we, I mean, I'm, I'm simplifying it, but like we're called to follow the Ten Commandments in all of the ways that the Ten Commandments can be laid out. God gave us ten; He didn't give us ten thousand, right? So He's not going to tell us you have to do this, right? Um, he wants our free will, and He blesses our free will. So as long as we're following the the, the law of the church, the law of the, the gospels, um, God's going to give us freedom to 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 do what we want, and He will bless it. So even if I have the gifts to be a good holy priest, and even if in prayer, um, 
I, I am my desires are there, but I fall in love with the girl along the way. Um, and I choose to get married. God will bless that marriage, and I I can, by the grace of God, become a canonized saint, which is the the end goal was to be a saint, not necessarily canonized, but I can live a life that's canonizable. And so, the Lord never ever will say like, "Oh, well, you messed up, or you because you chose to leave seminary, uh, or you chose never to go to seminary." Um, I'm not going to help you and your family become saints. I'm going to punish you. That's not how the Lord operates. Um, everything is a gift. Vocations are gifts. Um, state of life vocations are gifts, um, but uh, they might not be the gift for me. So Yeah, I can think uh, the image that comes to mind is uh, my five-year-old daughter at times, she does things like she has this amazing heart, you know, and she'll do things out of great love for me or, you know, her, you know, Lisa, her mom. And uh, sometimes they're not the right things, right? Like sometimes that they're not that helpful or they're actually the wrong thing to do, but she's doing it out of love. And as a father, I don't say, gosh, I can't believe you would do that. I'm so upset. You know, I see the, my daughter's love. I just, I respond mm. to that, you know? Yeah. And I think our father's got to do the same thing. And, uh, I think that should he, give us, he delights walking. in us. Yeah. Gosh. I mean, I, I think if we really could perceive the father, I mean, like in Jesus says it in the, in the scripture in first John, I was praying at first John this morning. Um, I take my car to the shop today and I was there for mm. three hours. So I had like a lot of time to pray and it was actually yeah. really beautiful. Um, and so I was like praying with scripture and first John, he says like, I, it was not you who chose me, but I chose you. And like, I love you first. Right. And, and he tells us in John 17, he says like that, that we can receive the, the same love that he receives from the father. That love from God, the father is, is for us as well. I mean, there's the father delights in you and I. And so, um, if we can stop looking at God, like an angry monger and stop looking mm-hmm. at God, like he's like out to get us or he's going to punish us or he's like, he's does not like the, the, the way heaven looks at us is, is the way God wants for us to be able to look at each other and to even look at ourselves. Yeah. Um, but I think sometimes we have this distorted view of our Lord, and therefore we feel like forced. It's just like let let, let love draw us. Do things out of love, you know. Yeah. Move with love. Yeah, Lisa and I talk a lot about on the show virtue and vices and how uh, you know virtue is a it's like the mean between two vices, right? Like there's a vice on each side of every virtue. Um, mm-hmm. And that virtue is really that that kind of balance between the two. And I feel like, on one hand, as we just mentioned, some of the vice in our relationship with God is this sense of um, God's just going to tell me what to do. Like He's He's just forcing me. He's got these rules. He wants to make me uh, have to do something. And that's on that's to one extreme. And on the other extreme, I think you mentioned it before, is this idea that like I'm just going to do what's going to make me happy. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so like. Uh, I just want to be totally fulfilled. I want it to be, you know, in in a sense, like easy street. I want to do what's comfortable. I want to do with, you know, every single gift and talent I've ever had or felt in my entire life, like comes alive and happens, you know? Well, yeah, right. We think everything's about our passion, right? Yeah. I I, I be passionate about everything. I'm like, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm honestly not passionate about waking up at three o'clock in the morning to go get someone last Friday. I'm not passionate. I'm sorry. Call me a sinner. But like, I do do it. I do it. And I love to do it. And, but I'm not paying attention to like my comfort or my excitement. I'm like, no, this is what love does. Love does things that are uncomfortable. Right? Yeah. Jesus Christ didn't feel good when he was being crucified. Uh, it didn't feel good at all when he was being rejected and abandoned, betrayed. But but he suffered that for love. <laughs> yeah. Like I wasn't passionate last night when, you know, Lisa had a study at her house, which is awesome. It ran late. So I stayed up to like 
twelve thirty with her. Then I wasn't I wasn't super passionate with my baby. Woke up at one thirty, then two thirty, then four thirty, then six fifteen. You know, like yeah, right. But like that's my vocation. I think that that virtue in between our passion and God being like a a, a rule giver, right, is is mm-hmm. what you started with. It's just so beautiful, which is just love. Like when I learned to love not only God, but I think what you're saying. I, I love that African priest. Like when I learned to love others, like we have to have love of God, love of others, like passionately loving God and then looking at our community, looking at our world and saying, how am I called to love all these people? You know? Mm-hmm. And um, I think when we can get to that spot and it's not easy, but get, get past just our feelings, get past just God telling me what to do, but get to that point of love of God and neighbor and saying, Lord, out of this, out of this love, what are you calling me to? And uh, I think that's a great place to be. And, and can I say something too? Oh yeah. Uh, if you, if you are called to the priesthood, to this awesome supernatural vocation, um, that does not mean that a desire for marriage is is going to go away, right? Totally. You should have a desire for marriage because we Absolutely. marry the church. Uh, I, I was walking with someone one time and he said to me, he said, well, I think I should be a priest because I, I've never wanted to be married. I've never wanted to be a husband or a father. And I told him, I said, I don't think you should go forward. Right, yeah. because the you know grace perfects nature, and so I, uh, if I have a natural call to marriage, priesthood is a supernatural call. Yeah. Um, and so, the, and even once you become a priest, the desire for for the still sacrament of marriage, like that, doesn't go away. Like we don't stop liking girls the second we get ordained. It's not like oh, I'm a priest. Like now, I, I don't care about girls anymore. Like no, like you know, they, they're, they're still going to be those desires, but we just have to continue to reorient that to the Lord, um, so that He can like you say, perfected and purified um, yep. so we can make an authentic gift of ourselves. So I think some guys sometimes struggle like, but I really want to get married. And I always say that's a great that's a great thing. right? That is a great thing if you want to be married, if you want to be a father, if you want to be a husband, if you want to commit your life to someone, um, that's the foundational sign um, that you should be open um, to, to, um, to this gift. Yeah, absolutely. That's beautiful. Yeah, we're always going to have that desire. That's the way God's made us. That's by our nature. But the question is, what is he calling us? How does he want us to conform our desires and who we are and where we're at to, to what we're supposed to do? So fantastic. And, and, and if you're called to marriage, like recognize like that's a holy vocation, like the state of life vocation. Marriage is there are so many married saints as well. You know, so like yeah. the goal is to become a saint. And so be open to God uh, calling us to become a saint in any way, shape or form um, in our walk toward him. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that uh thanks father josh so much for being on our show we always finish each episode with a how to challenge and so our challenge today is if you are single if you're a guy out there listening to this uh and if you really feel i this podcast has been great for me spiritually father josh you just have such a great way of inspiring people calling people uh to be courageous and to answer their call and i've got to think if someone's listening to this podcast that it did something on their heart so if if god's calling you in this moment if you feel um that the lord's asking you not necessarily I know my vocation, but maybe a step in a certain direction, just ask you to really go after that. Uh, and if you are married, I think it's awesome to have conversations with people, to truly walk alongside of uh, folks who are single and, and just ask them great questions about where they're at and what they're doing. And, um, you know, I think to, to inspire them as well, take some of the inspiration that Father Josh has shared with us and uh, carry that on to other people. I think that would be a great challenge. Uh, before we close, I uh, just want to also mention Father Josh's book, Broken and Blessed, An Invitation to My Generation. Uh, Lisa found out tonight that your book is on Audible. How cool yeah. are you, dude? Did you read it dude, yourself or did I, somebody I, else I read did. it? I did. No, I read it. And, no. Um, it was, yeah, dude, it so was awesome. 
Well, I woke up every so the first day I read it when I was recording it, it was I think like three a.m. or something like that. Oh my god! And so my my voice sounds like different at three a.m. Yeah. And because it's one book, every chapter had to sound sound the same. And so <laughs> I woke up every day at three a.m. No. Over and over again, and and I kept messing up. And so I for like it took me probably because it it's three a.m. Months it took me months. <laughs> It was miserable. It was. I was like, Jesus, I'm never doing a 3 a.m. record. Like, if I do another book and record it, it's gonna be like at like 2 p.m. or something like that. It was uh, terrible. That is. Bam. Yeah, but it's it's on Amazon. You can uh, check that out or our extension as well. Get the Le- audible. Lisa was like, I only listen to audible books now. Like, I'm not reading books. She's like, I'm listening to Father Josh's book. This is uh-huh. fantastic. So, <laughs> way to go, man. That's uh, thank you, Lisa. That's so so cool. And you also have a podcast, which is Ask Father Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ask Father Josh. It's on iTunes and on every other podcast format that's out there. Um, and uh, that's been fun. It's been a gift. Been able to walk with a number of beautiful people mm. uh, toward becoming, helping each other becoming saints. So we're all accompanying each other. I take feedback, criticism, and comments all the time. And so um, I need my community on, on that podcast just as much as hopefully um, they need me as well. So it's a beautiful um mutual relationship of giving and receiving so cool so if you are a big podcast listener that's a great one to check out and also you're on twitter and instagram at least on twitter you're at father fr josh johnson yeah fr josh johnson on twitter and on instagram is fr josh johnson and um yeah and yeah so mm-hmm, I'm, I'm every I'm, I'm so on and off with that stuff bro yep. like there's seasons where i'm like posting and i'm into it and then i take like three months off and yep. then I get back on later. So I don't know about you, but I just I'm I'm hit or miss with that stuff. But I but I do enjoy that community as well. I did XS ninety for Lent, and I just I haven't I haven't gotten back. Like I've just been gone, and I don't know if it's good. I don't know if it's bad. But I just <laughs> I did XS thirty. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did XS forty. Yeah, I, I I like I like broke it down. I was like, all right, okay, Lord, I, ninety <laughs> days is a long time. I think I'm gonna do like this kind of version. So I like took XS ninety. They're gonna kill me for saying this, like publicly. Yeah. But I, I took all their stuff and I was like, I'm gonna do X, Y, and Z for thirty days. Yep. And uh, so, anyways, yeah, no. my. My bad, guys. I'm I'm half half hearted, so whatever. No, that's good. That's good. So, if, uh, you know, if you're introduced to Father Josh uh, today on this podcast, great chance to, um, you know, check out his book, his podcast, or his social media. And pray for me, y'all. Fast me. Pray oh, yeah, for me. Yeah. I just I want to abide with God all mm. the time. And um, I had this really great grace on my my retreat this past week, my silent retreat, and it was um it was beautiful and. I just want to continue to soak in these graces and abide in, in relationship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit because uh, there's nothing else like it. And so please pray and fast for me because I, I really do need your prayers. Um, Amen. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm repping your I'm repping all your, your books and podcasts and, and really you, yeah, just, dog, you just want prayers. Boy. You just want thanks, prayers, Kevin. which is great because you're after holiness. Well, Father Josh, thanks for being on the show. Uh, that is our show for today. So thanks so much for listening in. If you want to connect with us, our email is hello at made to magnify.com or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kevin R. Cotter or at Lisa Ann Cotter. That's Ann with no E. As always, if you enjoy the show, give it a rating on iTunes, edit to your podcast subscriptions and tell a friend. This helps us get the word out about how to Catholic. And until next week, be saints. It's worth it.